It's time for Open Line Friday on the Andy Griffin Show. It's your chance to be heard. Air your grievances and take your shot. Only on Open Line Friday on the Andy Griffin Show. Nine minutes after nine o'clock on News Radio 94980 KDXU. Good morning to you. Gorgeous morning out there. Sun is shining bright. Visibility at about 10 miles. It's going to climb up into the mid 90s today. And it is uh, perhaps maybe uh, coming up on the outside. The, uh, the uh, contest is, uh, is getting close because of my favorite day of the year. Love Christmas, love Thanksgiving. Birthday's always fun, but uh, today's National Donut Day for crying out loud. And uh, that deserves a little bit of props, doesn't it? I think it does. Uh, National Donut Day only comes around once a year, June 7th. Interesting, a couple of little uh, notes about National Donut Day. It's one of the few food holidays that is not a, at least it didn't start out as a marketing campaign to sell something. Uh it, uh, it actually was uh, thought up back in 1938 to honor World War I's donut lassies. The women volunteered with the Salvation Army to help boost soldier morale, and one of the ways they did that was to dish up donuts to soldiers using the limited resources at hand. So the volunteers, they met a group of soldiers from the American 1st Division, and they really wanted to give the soldiers something that was homemade and not just candy or cigarettes or things like that. So they scrounged up some of the fixings, and they were pretty simple at the time, and they made a big batch of donuts. And uh, they, they did that uh, several times uh, during the, uh, during the, uh, the, the uh, war, World War II, and, or World War I, rather, and it became known as the Donut Lassies. And uh, then it was declared not that much longer. Actually, 1938 uh, was the day it was declared National Donut Day. And June 7th has been known as National Donut Day ever since then. Now, i got to tell you, folks, uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier in the, in the morning show here. And uh, during the newscast just now, I left the studio in search of a donut there is not a donut to be found in the Cherry Creek Media offices. None on the premises. Now, because I only had a six-minute break, I couldn't, I couldn't go very far. I couldn't go buy some. Couldn't go get some. But I got to tell you, there was disappointment, especially since my boss, Dale Desmond, his daughter works at a donut store. He works at day, she works at Daylight Donuts. Now, it is, it is their busiest day of the year. It, it's like Christmas at Daylight Donuts. And... Dale is out of town for the weekend, but still, I you think word would have gotten through somehow that uh, that we needed to get some donuts over here. But anyway, it is National Donut Day. <sighs> a little history for 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 you on National Donut uh, Donut Day, and a little history personally for me. I grew up. Uh, my grandpa owned bakeries. He owned, I think it was four bakeries: uh, American Fork, Provo, Salt Lake, and uh, like Layton or something like that. Uh, Griffin Bakery. And uh, now, when when I was little, we moved away from Utah, so I didn't grow up around the bakeries. But every time we came to visit Grandpa, we had basically free run of the bakery. He would give give us some free donuts, free pastries. He, he would even unlock. I don't know if you remember those old soda machines that uh, it, it had bottles in it, and you would turn the little thing when you put the money, and you turn the little thing, and the bottle would kind of clunk. Out onto the, out onto the, and the whole thing was refrigerated. So you put your hand in this cold area and get this cold soda pop, and then you had to find a bottle opener because they had the old-fashioned, you know, uh, uh, bottle caps on them. And uh, man, when when you're 
you know, say eight years old, 10 years old, and you get basically any donut you want and your grandpa opens up the soda machine and you get a free bottle of Orange Crush or a, or a Shasta. I think, what was the, uh, shoot, I can't remember. The one one radar I used to like on MASH, uh, Grape Knee High. Yeah, Grape Knee High. Oh, man, that is like heaven to a little kid. And uh, and uh, it was. It was it was awesome. It was incredible. It was amazing. And uh, usually we, we maybe visited twice a year, so it wasn't a common thing, which made it even more special. I think if, I think if we lived in town and there was that, that, that was available all the time, maybe it would not have been quite as special. But the fact that we only went about a couple of times a year uh, down from uh, up from Texas to Utah uh, made that even more amazing. I had actually a pretty amazing grandpa. He was a uh, he was a fire chief for American Fork for I don't know thirty years or something like that, uh, and uh, he was uh, also owned bakeries uh, all over uh, all over uh, Utah and Salt Lake, and and uh, it was uh, it was a fun, he was a fun guy to have, and and uh, you know he used to. Used to offer us rides in the parade and the fire fire engine and and uh, of course the donut thing was a extra factor as well. He later uh, built the uh, American Fork Senior Citizen Center and uh, and uh, put together a little band that played. He was a drummer and a pianist in the uh, band and so uh, yeah, Leroy Griffin was was a great man. He's he's been gone now. Uh, gosh, I think probably fifteen years, ten to fifteen years, but uh, a great man and a fun guy to uh, have as my relative. It is open line Friday. I've talked too much. And, and uh, let's go to, I think I just hung up on Seth, but uh, Seth will call back, I hope. Uh, in the meantime, we've got someone else. Uh, caller, you're on with Andy. How are you? I live in Laverkin, is all we're getting is static on this station. Oh, we got some static situation. Have you tried the FM? 94.9 FM. It was the same thing yesterday, and they said they'd fix it. All right. Well, we'll get our engineer on that because that is not good. We do. We want you to be able to hear it. You can also listen online uh, if you on your computer. You can just go to 890kdxu.com and listen. Uh, but we'll we'll get working on that problem problem right away. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you for calling today. Now I owe an apology to this guy, Seth. I hung up on you accidentally. I tried to I tried to put the other guy on hold and put activate your call, and I, I pushed the wrong button. And I'm I'm I I I don't know. I've been here what four months. So can I still claim the I'm new here uh, excuse? Uh, I'm highly offended. You know you. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. not really. My first job out of uh, the military was to run an RC cola route and supply vending machines like you described and to fill them up with knee-high uh, grape and orange and RC Cola. Yeah, yeah. So they were refrigerated. Your fingers would get cold when you reached in to, to get the sodas out and everything. That was a lot of fun. You have to be 100 years old to remember that. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. You're closer to 100 than I am. I know that. Oh, wait. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, you got me. Let's go back to Dr. Blodgett, and yeah. he and I are the only two persons in the entire universe uh, in Washington County that care about bio-warfare and pathogens and... Uh, I, I neglected to talk about some practical information that we could maybe apply in our lives to maybe mitigate this and to, to help out with some other problems. And if you'll notice, mosquitoes and uh, uh, vermin, let's call them mice and rats and squirrels and yeah. the rodent population, tend to invade our homes and our property and do 
a lot of damage and carry bubonic pet plague and hantavirus and all sorts of things. And so uh, I don't use poisons. I don't hunt. But I need to find a way to keep mice and rats and all kinds of critters away from my home and my gardens. So I've uh, carefully researched and uh, found out that if you have a five-gallon bucket that is either square or round, I like the square ones because they fit in places a little better, Mm -hmm. and put about a foot of uh, 12 inches of water, and if you like, maybe a couple of drops of detergent in there to make it a little slippery with some more lubricity. And then I would take, you can go online, and there's a roller thing that rolls around and around and has a little, um, maybe two-inch total uh, rubber grommet that goes in the middle of it or to one edge. And then you place that near a wall or steps or wherever these rodents are passing by and coat that little roller thing with a little bit of peanut butter. Hmm. And a little bit of peanut butter on the edge so that they can get a little taste of what's on the other side. And you place the roller away from where they would enter. They're hungry and they're thirsty. And I make an arrangement not to have bird baths or other sources of water that they can drink from. And so there's water available to them that they can see and smell. And there's some peanut butter and there's some... Um, samples on the side, they walk out on the roller, and this obstruction with the peanut butter on it attracts their attention, and pretty soon they can't hang on to the roller. And once they fall into the bucket, they're not able to climb out. And they drown. Uh Mm Uh-huh. And so this is um, not the most pleasant way to go, But on the other hand, I live adjacent to the National Forest, and all of these critters tend to want to be in my house, around my house, and in my gardens. Yeah. And so this is sort of like an epidemic, and uh, knowing what we know about bioweapons and knowing just what occurs naturally, uh, one would try to, and I don't like buying... uh, Poisons, and I don't want to use uh, uh, decon, and it gets to be expensive after a while. But I found that this is the most economical thing. And if you want, don't want to do a roller or anything like that, just put water and detergent in your bucket. Yeah. And I've had neighbors call me and and the like, and have huge problems with squirrels getting into their garage and wrecking the insulation and just can't they get in, they can't get out, uh, so forth and so on. And she tried for years to find a way to rid herself of that menacing squirrel, tried everything, hunting everything else, and finally I told her about the uh, bucket of water, and she caught him right immediately. Hmm. So um, I know there are people who... uh, are going to be sensitive about that. But on the other hand, I I really don't want these contagion uh, vectors, is what we called it in the military, to exist in my home. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't blame you there. Hey, I wanted to go back to to uh, to using you know this stuff as weaponry. Uh, you know, obviously, it's been used in wars, and it's probably still being used now. You know, in some of the wars that are going on around the world, but uh, it's something that you know I don't think about. And, and and I know we have guys like Dr. Blodgett that do think about that kind of thing. But uh, I, t- to me, it's like, man, I I got so much to worry about in life. There are so many things that could consume me day day in and day out uh, about worry and that's why yesterday when i was talking with dr blondie i said hey how you know how real is this problem how serious could this be and uh, he he said i don't want to alarm anybody but and you know anytime they say but you know you go oh here it comes he said he thinks that uh, biological uh, warfare is not far off as soon as these uh, terrorist cells, these people who believe that, you know, eliminating us or eliminating whoever disagrees with whatever philosophy that they take on, as soon as they get the ability and figure out how to do it, that they're going to do it. Do, do you feel that way too? 100%. I know for a fact that the United States and the CDC and the U.S. military and the Army are heavily involved. Uh, and I, I, don't, I can't speak about the other branches, but I do know firsthand about those branches. And they have active biological, chemical, and nuclear warfare programs. And they devote a lot of time and a lot of attention to researching anywhere there's an Ebola breakout or any other contagion. Uh, and the flu and, and uh, mousepox, for instance, is something that is something that they would connect with a Ebola and that uh, the mousepox would be highly contagious and would contain an Ebola uh, segment. And so these things are being researched, and um, I can assure you that our enemies and al-Qaeda and these people, too, it's high on their priority list, and it's a a weapon that may not necessarily be able to trace back to the origin, sort of like weather warfare and other kinds of things. But in a typical scenario, um, I think uh, Reagan talked about this, and and uh, the History Channel and Discovery have programs about how our country or any country would be uh, conquered. And the first line of, of attack would be EMP or a CME, uh, mass coronal ejection from the sun. And that would blank out the um, infrastructure and the power grid. And they estimate that 90% of people... Uh, in the country or around the world would die within the first year. Wow. And of wow. those who survive that, the finishing touch would be bioweapons. Yeah. And with those two scenarios, nearly complete eradication of civilization and people as we know it. Well, you know, you know, Seth. This is a, you're painting a very doomsday picture, and it's it's scary to me. But but I I gotta be I gotta be real with you here. You're retired. You have time to think about this stuff. I have you know I, I work ten hours a day. I have a couple of kids at home. Uh, you know, a, 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 a mortgage. <laughs> 
<laughs> I met them. They're lovely. Yes, they are lovely. Uh, but but uh, and they bake chocolate cakes. They do with duck eggs. But but the the thing is, uh, you know, I I don't know that I have time to worry about this stuff. I mean, I you know, I grew up. I, I mean, we did. We all grew up on on those of us that are old enough under the constant threat of you know nuclear annihilation. That the fortunately did not come about. That's why we're here right now. But uh, I you know, and, and so to me, I had to prioritize life. That was always there. And, and I'm not going to lie, I worried about it at times, but it was always there in the back of my mind. I don't know that I have time to have biological warfare and, and annihilation from some of those other things that you talked about. I don't know that I have time to have that in the back of my mind at, at all times. Well, and, uh, when we went through the training, uh, the colonel that introduced us uh, said of, that there were three threats, chemical, and put on your gas mask, cover up with your poncho, get in your foxhole. Right. And then number two, if they come after you with a nuke, you dig your foxhole deeper, you do the same thing. But if they come after you with chemical or with biological weapons, just bend over and kiss your rear goodbye. Mm. And that made quite an impression on the 16-year-old, and I yeah. studied this my, my entire life. And uh, insert and all of these things, they always address these issues because CERT has or is what civil defense used to be. Hmm. And so um, it is not a foreign thing. The police department, the sheriff, all have specialists on their staff that, that are informed and training all of the officers and the sheriff uh, with these things because um, they are real. And people just, uh, you can go online and, and you can watch this until your eyeballs fall out. There is so much information and, and little things about keeping rodents and pests and cockroaches and, and these things out of your home is critical to your well-being. Yeah. Those, these things break in and contaminate your food supplies. Right, right, and I agree, and that's something, you know, as, as a responsible uh, homeowner and adult, that's something that, that we need to definitely be aware of. It's, it's the biological warfare stuff that I don't know how, that I have time to, to worry about it. Well, it, it, it's, uh, okay, don't worry about it. Okay. Just, just be prepared. Okay, be prepared. Just, you know, the basics, and uh, I hope that, the, that there are more than, than the two of us, Dr. Blodgett and, and I, that, uh, that have concerns about that. Yeah, I, and there has to be, right? I mean, <laughs> well, there, there is, they are in the community, and in the CERT class, let me just do the big commercial on CERT, community emergency response teams. These are the people that are going to function in any kind of crisis that, that uh, the police and the fire and the medical people and the hospitals will be overwhelmed in yeah. a heartbeat. And so the only people that are going to be trained and prepared for this as first responders is CERT. Yeah, and, 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 and the local church is putting up all kinds of information and using their structure. And any church and any organization, and this is available to anybody, call the, the police department, call the sheriff's department. Uh, there are classes being held constantly. Community Emergency Response Team, right? Yep, Awesome. All right. Thanks, Seth. Thank you. Appreciate you calling today. Good to talk to you. You bet.
News Radio 94.9, KDXU. There was a couple of things I wanted to talk about. Uh, first of all, I, I thought President Trump did a fantastic job of giving D-Day, the commemoration of D-Day, the 75th anniversary of D-Day, the proper reverence and respect that it deserves. You know, we talked with Bill Zimfer earlier today, and, uh, and and Bill Bill, you know, is pretty neutral. He's a pretty down the middle kind of guy. And uh, I just I said to him, I thought the president did a great job. And he said, you know what? He said, President is not a great speech giver. He's not a great at reading from a teleprompter. Those aren't his his best things. But in this instance, President Trump was fantastic in the in the reverence he showed and the honor he showed for those that sacrificed for for our country uh, and, and for the world on D-Day. Let's go back to the phone lines. Caller, you're on with Andy. By the way, let me give a phone number at 673-5890 if anybody wants to check in with Open Line Friday today. Hey, how's it going today? Hello, Andy. Hey, what's a good word? I appreciate your show. Um, I have a question, and maybe you know the answer. Okay. Do you know Do you know how much our school board members earn? Ooh, I do not know that. Elected position. I do not know that, but I, you know what? That's something maybe we can Google search if somebody wants to wants to check that out because that should be public public information. It should be something we could find it, out there. It should be. I go onto the Washington School Board page and you know the school district page, and I can't find any information for the school board members. But it does you know give the administration's pays. But that those are elected elected officials, so we right. should that should be knowledge for us yeah public information you know i'm learning a lot about stuff like that Uh, for instance uh you know uh, mayor and city councils are are part-time jobs they don't get very much money but uh the uh, county commissioners those are actually full-time jobs and they do get a full-time wage for that and i'd be i'd be very interested to know how much the school board makes yeah i've gone to the right to the right to know page and it it doesn't show Hmm. And obviously, the school board or the school district page doesn't doesn't tell us either. So, is there somebody that you know that you could hook up with that could kind of share that information with us, the public? I, I would say, uh, spur of the moment during this show, probably not. But eventually, absolutely, yes. We'd appreciate that as as public. I'm sure to you know to to know that information. Do you, do you mind me asking? What do you think that that kind of job is worth? Is it is it worth a, a, a small part time stipend, or is that a job that should be pay a little bit more? I I'm not aware of how many hours they put in. I guess is 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 the reason I'm asking. Well, let, let me tell you this. I heard I heard once that uh, that somebody you know one of the school board members said that it is they get paid equivalent to everybody in the county a soda a day everybody in the county a soda a day wait a minute that's a lot of money isn't it that that sounds like an awful lot of money it does but that's the you know that's the that's the rumor you know the word that i heard so i'm just I've, I've been trying to research that to find out you know and if you check that out that's somewhere equivalent to close to seventy thousand a year um that's a lot of money for a part-time know. job Right, and if that's broken up between the school board members, or if that's just per school board member, you know, I don't know. I, I can tell you this. So, so I'm familiar with the justice court system somewhat, uh, and I know justice court judges that work basically one day a week make about forty grand a year. 
35 to 40 grand a year. And, and so, uh, you know, that's pretty well compensated considering the, the, the amount of hours that, that are required of it. Now that's, I'm not saying I would want to do that job because being a judge is a very difficult position. You're talking about dealing with people's lives and death threats and things like that. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are some jobs there that make some pretty decent money. If it is that much money for a part-time job on the school board, maybe we should all be running for that one. That's what I'm thinking. If, you know, I could make more part-time than I can full-time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, good point. I mean, awesome. I, can, I can spend more time at the lake and fishing and <laughs> yeah. if that's the case. but Yeah, or, or playing so, pickleball with me. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> that would be a lot of fun. So, All right. Thanks so, for- I mean, is there, is there somebody in your, you know, in your facility that can – do some research that way and pull some strings at one of the, you know, the reporters or, cause I guess they have a special, you know, they can go in and ask questions like that. Well, I'll get, I'll get Craig Bennett, Bennett on and see if he can find something out before our show ends. I can tell you though, the likelihood of getting it before today's show ends in, in uh, 25 minutes is probably not very good, but I will definitely do some more research on my own time and, and, and figure that out because that does that. That actually is a very interesting, I had no idea if it's close to what you're saying, you know salary wise wow that's a lot of money for a part-time job yeah you know and that i think that's money that could be well spent in inside the schools rather than you know lying in somebody's pocket yeah what is it the ninth year in a row or something that utah has the lowest amount spent per pupil in the nation uh, mm-hmm. so maybe we can figure out a way to reallocate some of that money. Uh, man, that's 70 grand for a part-time job. I, I hope you're wrong actually on this one. I hope you're wrong. Well, I, I hope I am too, but you know, that's the word I heard. So it's just, you know, that's why I'm, I'm trying to clear it up and see if we can find something that, you know, that's legitimate, a source that's going to really, you know, spell it out for us. That number, I, I am confident that number is out there somewhere for us to find. It's just a matter of knowing where to look now. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for the call. Appreciate you it. Know, okay. Take care. All right. Good Thank to talk you. to you. Go to line two. Caller, you're on with Andy on News Radio 94.9, 890 KDXU. How are you? Good. Is that me? It's you. Yeah. Wow. I literally just. I thought I'd have to wait. <laughs> well, well, uh, the, you, uh, it was a, it was kind of a, a perfect storm for you. Everything happened right at once, and I pushed the button, and there you were. So, okay. Um, have you ever heard of super happy fun Americans? Super happy sounds like a Japanese term. No, super happy fun Americans. Okay, I have not heard that. No, the group of people that would like to put together a straight pride parade. <laughs> Okay, what what would our flag be then? Because I because I want to be in the parade. An American flag. An American flag. Okay, that works. Sure. You know, American flag or you know whatever. You can come up with anything. I mean, hey, any anything that represents you, I guess. Maybe it's a big yellow smiley face. Hey, there you go. Yeah. That would work. A yellow smiley face. Anyhow, people come out. And, you know, hey, out of tolerance, diversity, acceptance, inclusivity, and fairness, and all the cute little buzzwords that are used. They said, hey, let's have a straight pride you know, parade and um, celebrate in August. Oh, yeah, the tolerance, diversity, and fairness is just really streaming out. All kinds of blocks from the tolerant folks to make sure that this doesn't happen. And How could you even imagine doing it? And, um, and, and, and again, coming from the folks that, and I know I sound like a broken record, always demand tolerance, acceptance, inclusivity, diversity, fairness. 
coexist, blah, blah, blah. But when somebody stands up and says, hey, how about we do a straight ride? Oh, heavens, no. Don't you even think about that. Mm. Don't you dare. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's, it's just it, when it comes to leftists, this is what they mean when they say tolerance. You know, and uh, now when it comes to being criticized by the left, like I have a certain individual that likes to call in and rip on me. Mm-hmm. We all know who he is, old Harvey the hypocrite, Mr. Tolerance, whatever you want to call him. Some call him Mr. Snarly. Yeah. Um, I have come to the conclusion that if a lefty is attacking you, it's because you're doing something that annoys them to no end. And maybe it's digging in and, you know, the truth must really hurt. Or they're doing exactly what they're accusing you of doing. Yeah. So... No, no, you're absolutely right about that. And and here's one of the things that I was thinking about when, when we talked about this last time was was religion. Now, I don't want to turn this, and I'm not going to turn this into a religious show. I'm not trying to be a missionary or, or anything like that. But, you know, they talk about tolerance. They talk about, uh, on the left, uh, accepting everyone and not bullying and not, you know, and all these things. If you announce that you're a religious person, that you believe in God, that you believe in Jesus Christ, that that's to them. That's like, I mean, I, I was going to say baby killer, but they do that too, I guess. But that that is about the worst thing that you could possibly say if you're, you know, to a liberal. I'm religious. They're like, what? What are it's you like kidding? Showing, it's like, yeah, it's like showing Dracula across. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the right, almost literally. There. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's just it's so funny that uh, the constant screams and wails and moans about tolerance. And inclusivity, fairness, diversity, all the cute little words they use. But when it comes right down to it and you say, well, hey, out of this tolerance and kindness, what if we have a straight pride day? Oh, hell no. Don't you dare even think about that. You bigot. You intolerant hate monger. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, But uh, how dare you even disagree with Barack Obama? You must be a racist. You're a bigot. You're a hate monger. And on and on and on and on and on. But, but then Donald Trump gets in office, and well, well, it's okay to make bloody heads of him and talk openly about killing him, and that's all your First Amendment protected free speech right. Right, right, and and, and it, it it's it's so hypocritic. It's 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 so one way, one a one way street, not a two way street. And you know, I, I I cover sport. I've covered sports my whole career. And I remember when it when they first started talking, there were there were what they called all white colleges. They're still all black colleges, by the way. They they were all white colleges, and and it, it got to a point where the, you know the, the 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 people that were crying racism said, you can't have an exclusive college that only has white people, and yet for even now there are still colleges that only accept African Americans. And, you know, I, I'm not trying to, I, I don't want to sound racist, but I'm saying, wait a minute, why do the white colleges have to let people of color in, but the black colleges don't have to let anyone but African Americans into their colleges? That that never made sense to me at all. Well, again, this this is how a progressive leftist thinks. And it's just, it's coming out more and more and more. They hide behind cute little names. They hide behind this supposed kindness and all of these fluffy, warm, fuzzy kitten little things. But when it comes right down to it, it's all about, no, you're, you're going to accept 
and you're going to embrace and you're going to love and you're going to you're going to hold dear in your heart everything that I believe. And at the same time, you're going to throw everything that you believe in the trash. Yeah. And then and only then will we have coexistence and tolerance and acceptance and in- inclusivity. You know, it's when these leftists get up and start talking about tolerance and wanting equal rights and this and that. What it means is you're coming over to my side 100 percent and you are throwing everything away that I hate. And you're going to become embrace me and my leftist ways and my socialism and my this and my that. And if you if you like it, but I don't, you had better throw it away. You had better trash it. You had better put it in the wastebasket of, of hate-filled, bigoted history. And if you don't, we're going to persecute you, just like you said we've been doing to you. That's exactly that's exactly what's happening. We're going to make you feel like trash. We're going to make you feel all those emotions that you say we're making you're making us feel. And oh, absolutely. And you take a look at Facebook, YouTube. Um, and all these other things that are absolutely censoring, shutting down, and removing pro-conservative ideas, people, comments. I mean, even insignificant little videos. If it's a little too conservative, it gets banned. It gets shut down. It gets removed. All out of tolerance. Yeah. Diversity. The inclusivity. Irony. The irony of that, huh? Yeah. All, all out of tolerance. They're intolerant because we need to be tolerant. And, and it yeah. work. that doesn't well, work. And, and see, and that's what I said. You know, to me, if a lefty is accusing you and blaming you of something, it's because that's exactly what they are doing. Yeah. And, and if anybody out there doesn't believe that, just take a look at how Donald Trump is being treated and what the left is screaming. Never has a Trump, and uh, never has a president been treated like President Trump has, uh, ever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. All in the name of inclusivity, tolerance, fairness, diversity, blah, blah, blah. Yep. yep. So, like I said, if you've got a lefty out there that's howling and screaming and picking on you and, and that kind of stuff, it's because you've either gotten under their skin with something you've said because it's true, or you're just not following the correct mantra. All right. Got to go. Got to get a weather break in. Thank you for calling, Tay. Right. Appreciate it. Good to talk to you. It's time for Open Line Friday on The Andy Griffin Show. It's your chance to be heard. Air your grievances and take your shot. Only on Open Line Friday on The Andy Griffin Show. Welcome back. I am Andy Griffin. Great to be here. Been in the chair now full-time since February 1st. So what's that? February, March, April, May. A little past four months. Uh, and uh, thank you for being patient, being tolerant. Six seven three five eight nine zero is the phone number if you want to uh, talk to me on the air. I'd love to hear from you. By the way, I had a question about the uh, Water Conservancy panel. They're having a they're having a meeting about the Lake Powell pipeline. That is next Thursday at noon. That's this coming Thursday at noon. And uh, at the Water Conservancy District, contact Sandy over there. Go to their website. It's probably the best way to do it. And contact Sandy and say, hey, I'd like to be invited to that. I'd like to be uh, – I think it's a public meeting, so I think you can go. But they definitely want an RSVP to make sure they kind of get an idea of how many people will be at that meeting. It's a, it's a, a panel discussion on the Lake Powell Pipeline, uh, why we need it, uh, what effects it will have, and if the Colorado River is enough to support all the folks that live uh, – on the river and want to use 
that water. Again, that's uh, next Thursday at noon. Tonight is the Poker Run, the Desert uh, Red Mountain Poker Run, brought to you by Desert Management and uh, Cherry Creek Radio. I'll be driving a Vanderhall along with our winner of our contest, Trent Smith, will be there. He'll be driving one of the Vanderhalls as well. Craig uh, Bennett's going to be there driving the KDXU uh, Mobile. Uh, still not finished uh, as they as uh, decorate it, but we've got a few stickers on it, and he'll be driving that around as well. And uh, so it uh, should be a good time. Uh, and that, let's see, uh, Root for Kids is where it's at, and it starts at 4 p.m. A couple of things I wanted to talk about uh, before we run out of time. We don't have a ton left. Uh, first of all, viral letter online. I thought this was fascinating. The girl pulled it out. She had saved it. Her brother wrote it a few years ago, and uh, it, was, uh, it was after he'd missed the school bus. He left this note for his mother. He said, Mom, I know you must be on a roller coaster of emotions right now, but rest assured I've decided to stay home. This was a tough decision to make while you were gone for 20 minutes. I'm probably in my bed moping about the fact that I can't go to school, so please don't interrupt me. If you require any further assistance, please see the pros and cons list. Now, on this pros and cons list, this young man by the name of Adam, he was about 10 years old, he wrote, pros, first day home this quarter uh, shouldn't, uh, let's see, first, uh, first day home this quarter Everything will be fine. Oh, it should be fine. There we go. It's hard to read his handwriting. Anyway, first day home this quarter should uh, should be fine. Today was uh, the other pro. Today was going to be a bad day anyway. Can't get over my hair. Those were the pros. The cons might become a habit. Doubtful, he wrote in parentheses. And you have to call the school and tell them I have polio. <laughs> So th- those were the those were the reasons given uh, why uh, why he couldn't go to school that day. Uh, since then, this note that his sister posted online had twenty four hundred comments, nine hundred and twenty three thousand likes, and two hundred and ten thousand shares online. No word if uh, mom actually made Adam go to school or not. Uh, Maybe he was able to hide in a school long enough that mom just let it go. But uh, there's a kid who has a plan, a man with a plan. I like it. 951 on News Radio 94.9, 890 KDX. You've got one more commercial break to get in. When we come back, I've got to talk about something that's been on my mind ever since a segment a bit played on our program this morning. Uh, and uh, and uh, so I just, uh, like I said, I just this is something that has been on my mind, and we'll get to that. do want to mention Joe Shoney. Joe Shoney is a local loan consultant here in southern Utah with a focus on customer service. His phone number is 590-6300. His email is joe.shoney at nafinc.com. That's joe.shoney with a C S E H O N E Y at nafinc.com. Receiving 4.9 star average online reviews. You know you've got a good loan officer when he's getting those kind of ratings. This is Judith in Cedar City. She said they worked hard to get the best rate possible, and then they made it a reality. This is uh, Donald in St. George. said, as a realtor, it's very refreshing to have a loan officer like Joe who gets things done in a timely fashion and also communicates to our satisfaction. Uh, that is Joe Shoney. Phone number again, 590-6300. We'll be back with my final segment right after this. It's time for Open Line Friday on the Andy Griffin Show. It's your chance to be heard. Air your grievances and take your shot. 
only on Open Line Friday on the Andy Griffin Show. Welcome back. Uh, only got about five minutes left in this show. There was a couple of things I wanted to mention. First of all, we have reached out to G. Edward Griffin. Want to have him on the show. I heard he's willing to do it. He'll talk with anybody. They'll talk with him. Unfortunately, Mr. Griffin, is uh, he's got some health issues right now and it will not be available until July. That that It's kind of good news, bad news. He's not available now, but it does sound like he is interested and in, might be available to be on the show in July. Uh, Edward Griffin is uh, 87 years old, so uh, hopefully whatever health issues he's having, he gets over them and uh, we'll be able to get him on the program. That's uh, Fingers crossed on that one. I hope so. All right. Uh, Earlier today, we played a segment. That we, every morning we play it, and you have to get up early. It's in the 6 o'clock hour, but it's a segment called Focus on the Family. Now, this is a religious-based website. They provide free content for radio stations, uh, and uh, their idea, their, their plan is to just kind of get news, get the word out that we need to do a better job as parents, as grandparents, of, um, of you know, kind of governing our family and raising our children. And this segment played at, it was about 6.50 this morning, and uh, it, it, it kind of t- touched, t- touched, t- touched my heart a little bit. It was, it was interesting. It was something I think that we all needed to hear. And so I'm going to play it here. It's a minute and a half long. We're not getting away from Open Line Friday. You can still call 673-5890. But I want to play this segment because I feel like this is something that needs to be heard, and then we can comment at, about it afterward. This is a Jim Daly's Focus on the Family. Focus on the Family received a letter from a man who wished he'd shown more courage when his daughter was a teen. So did she. The father recalled an incident when his daughter was 14 years old. She came down the stairs from her bedroom and headed for the front door to leave. The dad noticed right away that she was dressed immodestly, and he wanted to say something. But instead, he ignored the situation and let her go as she was. The man was swayed by opinions in the culture that told him he would shame his daughter if he said something about her clothing. His daughter is now a young adult, and she says, I wish my dad had told me to change clothes and sent me back upstairs. I wanted him to care enough to tell me no. There's a lot going on in your teenage daughter's life. As confident as she may act, she faces a lot of uncertainty. She's caught in a whirlwind of hormones. Her social world is topsy-turvy, and she could be drowning under waves of confusing messages that skew her sense of identity and self-worth. Teenage girls thrive when they're given as much independence as they can responsibly handle, but they also thrive when they're given clear boundaries. Sure, your daughter may roll her eyes and stomp off in a huff when you tell her no, but good parenting isn't about granting your daughter her every wish. It's about raising her with a moral compass and empowering her to become everything she can be. To help your children thrive, visit FocusOnTheFamily.com. I'm Jim Daly. Good parenting isn't about granting your daughter her every wish. It's about empowering her to be all that she can be. I think sometimes we lose sight of that. Now, I raised three boys. My boys are grown, and they're doing great. Love them. They're, they're great guys. We had a lot of rules for those boys. As they grew out, and we had a gap, and then we had the two daughters, as the boys uh, grew uh, and as we aged, my wife and I, we got a little more lax with the rules. We trust our daughters probably too much. Uh, we are uh, a little easier on uh, curfews. We are a little easier on some of the rules that uh, the boys would, I mean, boys complain about all the time. Dad, man, you're awful easy on those girls. 
and and as I heard Jim Daly give his little his segment today, I thought, you know what? He's right. He's right. You know, we can worry about their feelings. We can worry about this, that, and the other thing. But sometimes you got to put your foot down. You got to say no. You've got to have those boundaries. Now, I feel like there are some boundaries my daughters know. They don't even ask on certain things because they know what the answer already is. But there are other areas where we're lax, where I'm lax, where I need to do a better job and where we out there collectively need to do a better job. We had someone on this, a couple of people on this show about a month or so ago uh, who their argument was a female should be able to wear whatever she wants and it should have no effect on the men around her. That's what she chooses to wear. And I will tell you this, they are wrong. They're flat out dead dog wrong. You can't wear whatever you want and expect everyone around you, expect it to have no effect on everyone around you. That's not logical. That's not fair. That's not true. If a woman dresses provocatively, she's sending a message. And the message is, I'm easy. The message is, I can do whatever I want because, uh, because it's okay, because I'm liberal, because I can, I can let it slide. It's no big deal. It is a big deal. We as parents, as grandparents, need to let our children understand that it is a big deal how you dress. It is a big deal how you talk. It is a big deal how you behave when they're 18, when they're 19, 21, when they're adults and they can handle some of these decisions on their own, let them. Until then, we've got to do a better job of governing our children and grandchildren. And I'm not, I'm not pointing the finger at you. I'm pointing the finger right back at me as well. We've used up the time. Thanks for listening to Open Line Friday on The Andy Griffin Show. Time now for the news.